Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyas. And let's tack spats. Amateur Hour! I feel like every week I do this, I get more and more... <laughs> Into the Boston of like, ah, Aston Spitz, back to fucking cab, bro. <laughs> you sound like uh, Jack Easterby, dude. I saw something. Uh, you saw the video Desha- for Deshaun Watson. Uh, what's the guy? McNair. Oh, he's oh, yeah, confident. Yeah. He's still confident that Deshaun Watson will will somehow undemand a trade <laughs> and remain with the Texans this coming year. Still, still confident. You know, you gotta. Th- that's a guy who shot his shot with a girl. She's blocked his number, but he's like, "Yeah, no, we're we're still going we're, out. We're still homies." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is episode seven. Lucky seven. Treas, kick it off with some high notes. The weekly highs. Wow, a special Valentine's Day episode of. Amateur hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's start with some highs, right? All right. So for my sports high, I want to just give some recognition to who I think is the most underrated player in the NBA. That's Nick Vucevic, who's having a phenomenal February, even though the team is basically on one leg, one arm. Like yeah. one of every limb because they are just hobbling <laughs> through the season. One nut. But, <laughs> but he is balling his ass off right now. And I just wanted to show some appreciation. His February, and I, I just pulled up the stats, is um 29.2 points per game, 13.7 rebounds per game, 3.7 assists per game. He's shooting 52% from the field, and he's shooting 42% from three, which includes a game uh where he single-handedly beat the kings and had six threes um and so (laughs) this is a center so i'm like i didn't think anyone but maybe ad or cat could do that but vucevic is turning into somehow a three-point stud he's averaging close to three threes a game this year it's i i was like on 50 on on what what was his three point so for the for the month of february he's uh shooting 42 percent from three Wow, three threes on 42% for the past month. That's yeah. incredible. And this is something oh that's God. been happening. He's shooting, he's totally, he's shooting 43% from three. Like, isn't that, that insane? He's he's hooping, hooping. Yo, Celtics make a trade for Vooch. Oh. Hey, that's the big man that we need. Oh, that would actually be real nice. That would be insane. That would insane. be really nice. But, um, yeah. I just trade accepted. <laughs> no, we do. We'd have to give up semi and and uh, we wouldn't do the deal. Oh, no, we'd have to give up Semi. <laughs> Shreyas, let me tell you what I cannot stand. Semi Ojale has one good game. He drops 24, 25 points. 24, yeah, 24. 24. Yeah, 6 Boston, everybody's like, oh, Semi is so good. He's so good. For some reason, that game caused the entirety of the Boston Celtics fan base to have amnesia and forget the years Upon which Semi Ojale has been a heaping pile of dog shit. Many you try to watch somebody. I've never tried to watch a, a folding table play basketball, <laughs> but that's what he is. 
What? <laughs> you almost made me spit, spit out my water. It hurts. It shreds. It literally hurts watching him put the try to put the ball on the floor. And then when you when yeah. you toss it to him in the corner because Ojale is the three and D, Giannis stopper, LeBron stopper, whatever the hell people call him. But when you watch him try to shoot like a corner three, oh my god! Well, that's the only shot that like gets close. Honestly, is the corner three. There, why are there like five people in the Celtics that can only shoot corner threes? Like Jeff Teague, Semi Ojale. We'll talk. We'll talk more about this. But um, yeah, it. Either way, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Semi. Well, yeah. Imagine if we had to give up Semi, dude. The the oh, new goat. Dude, what I would do to get Nick Vucevic on our team is. I would, God, unspeakable things. Oh, it's um, ridiculous. It, but here, Trace, here's the problem. If we're trying to make a trade, the <laughs> only two people that other teams are interested in are Tatum, Brown, or, Brown. or both. Yeah. We don't have the a lot only of two people. We don't have any, like, it, realistically, if we were to make a trade from our bench assets, it would turn into more scrubs. It would be trading yeah. scrub for scrubs. Maybe we could throw in a pick, but Danny Ainge is the fucking. The, the the first round pick dragon and he likes to hoard them for years upon years yeah i got, I got all these from brooklyn in uh, 2010 <laughs> like it's just it's ridiculous well, let me let me go on because I, I know i know you want to talk more and i know you're going to talk about it soon uh but i'm good i'm good i'm chill my, i'm chill yeah yeah do you think let me go on to yeah. my personal high <laughs> i'm chill bro it's chill <laughs> this is this is the highs let's let's not let's not dampen the mood right now um <laughs> No, my personal high, my personal high, we, I made some uh, banana walnut bread yesterday. Ooh. Oh. Dude, fire. I had never That's made awesome. banana bread before. And so I was like, my mom got like a recipe from, from someone she knew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, let's try it. I'm like, I don't know. We have a bunch of bananas laying around. Um, my mom got vanilla the other day. So I was like, all right, let's try it. And dude, I was like, oh man, so good. I feel like a lot of my stuff on this podcast has been food related, but I can't help it, dude. That's all I do. Trace, you're either you're either talking about food or you're talking about your bowel movements as a result of food. So it's, yeah, I, I, honestly, I just eat, sleep, and poop and work, and that's it. It's, like, it's become my life right now. So, <laughs> so, dude, but banana walnut bread, oh, great move. Oh great yeah, move. the walnuts add that extra layer of crunch that you're missing in regular banana bread. Yes, oh. well. It there's no like crust right on bre- mm-hmm. on banana bread. So mm-hmm. like, if you want like a crust, you just add something crunchy, and walnuts are like perfect because they just roast really well in the oven. So it's mm-hmm. like boom, get some vanilla, get some walnuts inside, get some walnuts on the top. Ah, oh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, hey, hey, dude, you can tweet that again. Retweet that one. Retweet hashtag it anything. <laughs> yeah, banana bread's awesome. That's great. Uh, did you put? I know a lot of people like to put the brown sugar on the top. Oh no, I d- I didn't think about it. I put brown. We put brown sugar inside it. Oh okay, We're um, but perfect. that's a good that's a good that's a good tip for next time. I might I might crisp that top up with some brown sugar. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm. Oh, crispy, crispy. All right, Brad. <laughs> So at, as you can see, I'm already upset about it. So oh, you're already upset. Go. I'm gonna. Ju- I'm diving right in. I'm diving right into the fucking lows. <laughs> the lows. All right, the Celtics, the Boston Celtics. Who this year is our year, man. We got Kemba, Tatum. Everybody's healthy, man. We're gonna go do it. We're gonna do the do. Fuck oh, Christ. Just lost back-to-back games to the 15th and 14th seeds in the East. 
Detroit, and the Wizards. Back to back. What the fuck? This brings us to 500. Remember how last episode, last episode I was talking about how long is it going to take for somebody in the Celtics organization and administration to realize that there's a problem? Yeah. Apparently it's apparently it's going to take longer than two back-to-back losses to the bottom tier teams in your conference. Yeah, it's a head scratcher right now. What do you Chase? What do you think? What are your thoughts? Like like am I the only one that's upset about this? Uh well, at this point I just feel like I can't be. Like I yeah, I can't like first of all, right? Like we go off on this like I feel like it was a decently hot start. Like like Brown is playing well and then when Tatum goes out, Brown's playing well again. He's they're just kind of like I feel like they're keeping things afloat and I'm like, "Whoa, okay, Brown's can like Brown can win games by himself." Like think of what happens when Tatum comes in. And think of what happens when Kemba's like but I feel like I thought it was like, oh, okay. Like, you just need a little more time to click. Yeah. yeah but yeah, now, yeah, yeah. now everyone's back. And I feel like we've given Kemba an, enough time. Like, it's been a month. Like, let's start, like, being mm-hmm. a little more efficient, right? It's already been a month? Yeah. Didn't he come back, like, early January? Oh, you're right. It's been close <laughs> to a month. Let's give it, let's say, let's say three weeks, right? And so, but, like, like this is his first game that was good. And over the three or four weeks that he's been playing... Like, okay, fine, he has a good game. But when he has a good game, why does Tatum have to have bad like everything like can't work? Like we like we depend so much on Brown and Tatum. Like they're averaging twenty-six right. and like twenty-seven points per game respectively. Like that's how much we depend on him. And then like the next highest person like in scoring is Kemba, right? And he's averaging like twelve or thirteen. I don't know. We can't go on like that. We need someone that can average mid teen scoring. That when Brown and or Tatum is off taking a like a break, can be depended on to score and have Brown or Tatum facilitate while they're there. Like we need like like it would be nice to have like a like a JJ Redick or no 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 that dude couldn't guard a parked car. Oh yeah, but dude, <laughs> fine. But like, aren't you afraid of when people aren't there? Like when. Brown and Tatum aren't there. Who's going to score you. the ball? I hear you. This is I so I was talking with my brother, and this was one of the points that we brought up. It's that I, I made the argument that the Celtics are having a sort of talent issue, and he strongly yeah. disagreed with that. But then we talked about it, and I revised my statement to say, outside of Brown and Tatum, it's a depth issue. It's a depth issue. The Celtics, who are you going to go to? Right? Ty said his first bad game in like a month and a half. He's been balling out. But then you can see the downside where if he's not hitting his shots, things aren't working, Yeah, then he's not very good in certain scenarios. And again, it's a bad game. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, I still think he's a great player. But outside of Brown and Tatum, who's going to score the ball? Who's going to provide consistency on both ends? It's not Kemba because Kemba's – I'm not going to get into Kemba because Kemba is a problem. Kemba is a, an immediate like drop him off the roster. Drop him off on the curb and then just say goodbye. Like, give him a bag full of things, give him a Celtics hat, and say, hey, thanks for being here. Go buy a fucking sub at Jersey Mike's and then and go back to TD Garden. Like, I do like how they're playing Pritchard a little more. Like, like Brad is, like, understanding that Pritchard needs more minutes and he needs to go through some growing pain. Like, he didn't have a good game today, but I feel like in the long haul, it'll help that he's playing 25-plus minutes a game. Because you can't – I feel like we can't rely on Kemba to play 30, 35 minutes, right? So, like, no, we, we need – like. If Smart is hurt, we need some a third guard to play at least twenty five minutes because I, there's got to be some sort of like give 
on Kemba's minutes because it's just not efficient enough when he's playing. Like on the overall sense. Like today yeah. he had a good game, but like overall, like who's gonna be there when he's shooting two for thirteen? Like who's gonna be there to pick up the slack? And it's gotta be someone like Pritchard, hopefully. So doing Kemba. <laughs> 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 every time i here's the thing i think this is another point that when uh me and my brother were talking it's like every time the celtics shoot a shot if it goes in we just it's like a sigh of relief and every oh, time yeah. the opponent opposing team shoots an open three which like, happens oh a lot more than you'd think I... and it misses it's another sigh of relief oh okay okay well, I'm I'm of the mind of like every time the opponent shoots a shot, I automatically think it's gonna go in. Versus exactly, like we right. shoot a shot, I'm like surprised when it goes out. I'm like, wow, yeah, that, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's a very pessimistic view, but I feel like for a team that's not really efficient shooting the three, and we depend on it a lot, like I feel like it's a fair assessment of where we are. I agree. Okay, so Shreyas, let me let me ask you. So so again, talent wise, we're pretty shaky right now. So let me ask you, mm-hmm. is it coaching? Yeah, that's got it's got to be part of it. I just got to be part of it. It's got to be part of it. But I, I'm less, I'm more hesitant to blame Brad and the situation because it's not like, like what is he going to do with the rotations he has? Like, like if everyone's playing bad, right? He can't. You can't just be like, oh, why didn't he, you know, solve this guy for this? Because like basically they bring the same efficiency, like they bring the same level of play. So, like, he's basically, like, kind of stuck in a rut. Like, who is he going to turn to when things go wrong? I right, do... because, right, because when you get past Tatum and Brown, yeah, our entire roster is fucking scrubs. Yeah. Like, if, if we're losing by, like, double digits to the Wizards and, you know, going down double digits to the Pistons, like, mm. like at what point where it's, is it, like, we, we can't just be like, oh, Brad should have called a timeout there, but, like, why aren't we winning? <laughs> Why do we have to call a timeout to get momentum against teams that suck? Like, I don't understand. So, like, I'm a little more hesitant on that. I'm more hesitant on Jeff. I'm sorry, I'm more um, emphasizing the play of the bench just in an overall sense. And then Kemba. I think if we don't have a third guy that we can depend to depend on for scoring on a nightly basis, yeah, we're never going to go anywhere. We can't just do Brian Tatum. It's just not going to work. Well, we so look Kemba's like it's got to be a guy. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, we look like a solid first round exit right now. Mm-hmm. If we make the, which we'll make the playoffs, right? Because when oh, things sure. start to like really heat, then at the end of the season, we'll turn it up, get ready oh, to go, yeah, tire ourselves the- out for the playoffs. Get oh, wow. wrecked we in the first round. Yeah, we... <laughs> right, right. When we lose, when we match up with Brooklyn or Milwaukee or Philly, right, with fucking MVP Joel Embiid. That's the thing too, and I know this is a dead horse over the past couple of years. But with the Celtics' lack of big man, I've heard and I've been a proponent of this argument. But who is going to match up? Who's going to stop AD, KD, Giannis, Joel, even other big men like Jokic? I know we're not going to play them in the playoffs, but just in the regular season. People like Jokic, and then you have Vooch too. Like, yeah, Price matches up decent with Vooch, and that's about it. He does okay. Yeah. He can't guard KD. He cannot guard AD. <laughs> I'm. Ya- he can't guard Giannis. Thinking about that right now. Yeah. Who? 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 Who's there? Because Tristan Thompson. Oh yeah, my god! All I watch him do is take the worst fucking jump hooks I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Dude, all short. I don't understand it. Every shot he takes is short. It's <laughs> kind of pathetic at this point that he can't. And he's and like 
he prides himself on being the hardest worker. It just no. Uh, where's the execution? No. Where's the where's the best execution? Yeah, where's the execution? Right, right, right. And we're looking right, and we're looking for him to like. I mean, well, that's what I thought too. You know, and to be honest, I was excited to get Tristan Thompson and Jeff T because it's the veteran presence that we need. And I'm sure that off the court, their value and their knowledge of the game is helpful in a lot of ways. But on the court, like I would rather have them be like assistant coaches or like skills coaches or like player coaches rather than you know. talk talk about talk about falling flat on your face during the offseason from Danny Ainge when you could yeah. have you could have done something, right? You could have as much as we we may not have known the truth about the Hayward rumors, could we have gotten Miles Turner? Could we not could we have gotten and Oladipo or a or a, I don't know at this point like obviously Warren was involved but he's injured now but like could we have gotten someone of that stature from Indiana was it were there people in the market could we have gotten a Drew Holiday type of thing to then kind of put the emphasis on okay let's you know uh scramble and figure out who, what we can get oh jeff teague and tristan thompson and we'll just get them you know we'll just get them we'll just get them just to have them quick right. one two-year deals on you know make it or break it type contracts for their career and then we'll see where it goes oh and well jeff like, has gone after this year yeah so well tristan has two is a two-year and jeff teague's a one but like it's those contracts that are like okay you know show me what you got type contracts right where it's like does he have anything else in the tank? Could they get a multi-year deal later on? So they're like uh-huh. trying to do like a prove it deal. And why do we have, why do we have to be that guy? Like, why can't we get the younger, you know, more proven talent? Why do we have to get the end of the career guy? And then we're stuck saying, oh, well, you know, they have some redeeming qualities to them. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go, th- I, don't, I don't like that. Uh-huh. It's, it's like, we're just trying to find, like when, honestly, if we, I don't even know. Like, could we have done better not getting these players? I don't know. I feel like we've been the same. Well, again, we have our, 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 we saw Waters perform the other night. He did not look good. We have Langford, who's been hurt for, you know, a cumulative total of like a year at this point. Which is something that he came out of college having the injury. Having the injuries. And, and, and I remember uh, one of my friends, Paul, was like, dude, I'm so excited to get Langford. And I looked at him and I was like, no. No, he's he's been injury prone for a while, and you don't want to draft an injury prone player. But you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just tough, and you don't want that. And so again, you look at this year's pick, right? With Neesmith, like Neesmith hasn't done anything. No, okay, but again, I'll give him. Since Danny Ainge likes to hoard draft picks, we don't really need Neesmith. I mean, a shooter off the bench who's six four would have been nice, six five, six six, whatever he is. But you know, I'll give him a year to get his nerves together and and you know get his act together. But then we have Neesmith and and Langford who kind of do the same thing. Yes, And then we have Edwards and Waters who kind of do the same thing. We have Teague and Kemba who kind of do the same thing. We have uh, Ojale and Grant Williams who kind of do the same thing. And none of these people excel at their positions. They're all like hybrid, weird mixes of basketball players who could be good and could not be good. And so far, we're seeing the downside. Where are our long, strong forward athletes like Christian Wood? Like a, ooh, even a DeMontis Sabonis, who's like more of a center type. But if you got a Christian Wood, a Giannis type, a Jonathan Isaac type, a Zach Levine type, you kind of like Tatum, but a little bit more like forwardy. That would be awesome. Oh, someone someone that's willing to go into the post, I think. Because like I feel like that's what Tice was before he started you know, going towards the more analytical stage of uh-huh. shooting threes and staying on the outside. And then now we have no inside presence versus like 
minimal inside presence. So it's like I'm hoping that like I'm not I'm not hoping like Robert Williams will be like the biggest thing ever, but I'm hoping he can provide some sort of semblance of some guy that'll stay in the paint and you know try his best <laughs> to hey rob listen to clog uh, lanes. yeah we're, we're really proud of you bro you're trying and from us you get a gold star okay oh really man he had an awful play today westbrook just looked him off and he just lost i think it was hachimura on a dunk or something he was just like it was like it felt like that old auto porter shacked in a full play where he looks and then his defender's not there and then he's like oh Oh, I gotta run, and then by that time he's already <laughs> shooting. So I was like, "Autopilot was, was on autopilot." autopilot yep. <laughs> so I was like, "I was like, yeah." I just feel like every every big man we were getting is just like always a nat, like a tad behind what we need. It's ridiculous. It's again. It's a- Who are we going to get that's going to stop Joel? Joel, I know he's in the paint for like five seconds each possession, but when he does those like those those Kareem kind of pivots and step throughs and drop steps, like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, Girl steps into a dunk and then fucking pulls it from three on the next play. I feel like he's so good at doing the step through with the low, like the low center of gravity with the ball so that someone has to swipe down and then he just gets fouled. And that's why he just just gets fouled. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, then, so like, well, Joel Embiid too uh, is as as much as people complain about his ego. And this was actually another point that I kind of wanted to talk about, talk to you about Treas is the energy or lack thereof on the Celtics. So if you look at Joel Embiid, like you just said, when he gets fouled, he has the ego, but also the energy. Where if something like that happens, he'll he'll start going he'll start going crazy. So again, when Joel Embiid like gets the end one, he's going to put his arms up. He's going to start talking. He's going to mm-hmm. bring the energy. Yeah, and I he think does. that is such a valuable thing where as long as he doesn't let his ego interfere with the other people of the team and with the coach, and which seems like it's less of an issue this year as it was with, you know, Brett Brown. But I think, I think Doc Rivers, I think Doc Rivers has done a good, a, a decent enough job that like, I don't think anyone can really talk shit to Doc Rivers on this team at least. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. On this well, Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers has a chip under his belt. He's right. been around superstars. He knows how to handle them. Uh, so, but like I was saying, when Joel Embiid gets that energy going, that helps your team go on runs. Like when you dunk and you get fucking fired up, mm-hmm. oh my God, and your whole team gets fired up, you guys play on a new level. You take the game to a new level. And Trey, you know this too from playing basketball, when you make a three that like was contested or is a tough shot or even just an open look that you just drill – it helps you manufacture enthusiasm or energy. And then you put you that, that energy on the defensive end too. And yeah, it all exactly. starts on the defensive end. Exactly. And then you continue to push that forward in the offense. And then it just starts steamrolling. And that's how you run away with a game. I, of I, course, things think, happen and coaches make adjustments. But yeah. Yes. No, I think, I think, I think you're totally right. I think it's got to start at the defensive end because when you don't have crowds and things like that, you have to find ways that you can't just feed off a good shot anymore. Because no one's che- or like really cheering you other than the fake crowd. So you have to say, I have to start taking pride in, you know, playing in the passing lanes and playing good on-ball defense. And, you know, being if you're playing a zone, you know, actually filling your role in the zone. <laughs> and, like, if you don't take pride in that, then it's like you're not going to get the same value when you shoot. Because, like, if you make a shot or if you miss, you're just going to, like, you know, it's going to be either neutral or you're going to be like, wow, that was shitty. I missed. And then you're going to go back and it's going to be like this really crappy cycle of, oh, I missed. And now 
not going to play well because I don't want to play defense. It's going to be too much. So it's got to start the opposite way. You got to start being like, all right, I'm going to be the one that brings it on the defensive end. And then hopefully it'll help your team be like, hey, you know, but I think it was Jalen Brown today was like playing like, like he was like, like he had like kind of his hair on fire a little bit in the third quarter, even though they didn't win. But like, he was like, yeah, hey, I got to like do something on the defensive end. So you got to be like, hey, I'm going to play well on the, or I'm going to try my best on the defensive end. I'm going to try to lock this guy down because hopefully it'll get my team inspired on the offensive end. And then hopefully it'll like, you know, cycle a positive like version of what we want to do. So right, it's right. got to start opposite of what I think the Celtics are thinking right now. They think their offense can help their defense. It's got to be the other way around. Yeah, well, I mean, Boston's always been a defense first team. So I, right, I don't understand like where yeah. the disparity is going, but it's just like you play Detroit and you play Washington. Yeah. And I don't think they beat us because I have a better roster. I don't think they beat us because I necessarily have a better coach, but clearly they wanted it more. Even though mm-hmm. each each team has won like what six games apiece. Yeah. They st- they wanted that seventh. Even though they're they're down bad and they've lost almost 20, they still want that seventh win. And that for us is I just feel like in the middle of the season, over the past three or you know, for that past, I'm gonna say four years, we just get complacent. Mm-hmm. And Brad Stevens said, and this quote bothers me to this day, but it was last season or two seasons ago that he said he it was a post-game interview and they had a loss. And what he said, and this is something that he's told to the players, is he said, Oh, you can't win them all. Which oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Statistically, that too. statistically, your odds of winning every single basketball game are <laughs> improbable, but not impossible. Do you think that Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen's bulls? In any of the years that we were together, do you think Phil Jackson went up to them and said, hey, you know, guys, great job for trying, but we probably can't win them all. So, you know, just watch this one and we'll get on to the next game. Like, fuck no. It's not like something out of Kyrie's book. Yeah, he's, he's like, dude, the spirits have communicated with me today. And they said that I, if I don't burn sage, I won't win. And, you know, I'm late, so I can't burn sage. So I'm just going to sit this one out. I'll see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> It's just like that That mentality to me is a little bit of a loser's mentality. I agree. You've already given up. You haven't even played the game. Like, you can win them all. You can beat the Lakers. You can beat the Bucks. You can also, beat Philly. You can you beat had, whoever. If, if you're going to say something like that, why would you say that after you lose, right? If you really meant it, why would you say it before? Why would you say, hey, guys, we can't win them all, and then go out and do your game? You have to say it after you lose? Hmm, interesting, right? It's a great time comment. It's yeah, just, like, very right. coincidental. Well, again, yeah. this is the same fucking robot that's like, we get fucking blown out by Phoenix and by the Spurs. He's like, I see encouraging well. things. <laughs> Shut up, Brad. You know, I don't know how he gets anyone fired up. And it's it, it's tough when like he he's like, guys, hey, listen, I had a uh, I had a piece of white bread with a little bit of cinnamon on it today, so I'm feeling zesty. <laughs> now make sure that we play great basketball and make sure that all of our inbound plays are executed to a T. All right, three, two, one break <laughs> uh, <laughs> team first oh god but actually though god yeah so yeah. okay well the celtics are kind of a shit sh- i don't know they're just a shit show they're a shit show yeah. and they're not they're not fun to watch either i'd rather watch the suns to be honest yeah right now they are playing phenomenal i love Devin Booker and chris ball together i think they're playing really well and that's the kind of a thing, right? The Suns acquire Chris Paul. That's a huge. That's a huge move. I don't. I. I don't know about you, Trace, but I did not expect that to come 
this year. I thought he was going to stay on OKC probably for another oh, year. No, I, 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 I knew he was leaving. I knew that he wanted to because OKC wasn't going to win. So he said, yeah, for another okay, I'm going to I'm going to trade. Okay. I'm going to be traded here but I'm going to make the best of it because I'm going to mentor these guys. And he ended up playing well while he was mentoring. Everyone thought in the beginning of the season, Oh, you know, he's, he's going to mentor these guys. Like he's probably going to get traded halfway. He's going to go to a Miami or something like that. People were like <laughs> sat on it. Yeah. And he said, no, dude, I'm going to stay the whole season. And he yep. played well. That was the one thing he played. He averaged like 17 and eight or something. Like he played like, he like were almost like revived his career in a sense of, it wasn't. It didn't feel monotonous for Chris Paul, like in like at the end of the Clippers or the Rockets, or like it, it felt like he he was working towards something. And then mm-hmm. he worked like he showed that he could still be a leader. He could still play well while he was doing it. He could stay relatively healthy. Yeah. And I think that was enough for him to say, "Hey, okay, I can do this, but I gotta go try to win something, and you know, be in a position to win something." So. Let me go play with Devin Booker. He's one of the best scorers in the league. DeAndre Ayton, hopefully, he, you know, takes shape. And he's still a bit iffy, but I think he's always getting there. But I can be that cog that helps Devin Booker and takes a load off him so he doesn't get injured as much or doesn't have to be relied upon to Which takes do a scoring, everything. Yeah, takes yeah. an offensive load off of him and yeah. can help facilitate to help get him the ball. Right. And help other guys, again, because Chris Paul is, you know, such a gifted playmaker and passer that he's going to get other guys fired up too. Yeah, Cam Johnson and DeAndre and and whoever the fuck you know what I'm talking about. I but my point about Chris Paul being is that like the Celtics have just haven't made any like moves. And I know we touched on that with the Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson thing, but it's just it's still frustrating, you know. Yeah, I feel like All it's right. a lot of that in Boston where every, it's a lot of waiting for the dust to settle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm it's it's a it's an awful trend to have in uh in sports when you're not being as proactive as you could be. And it's not just like, oh, I'm gonna take risk, but it's about, okay, this is a calculated risk. Let's do it now rather than seeing what could come of it because you know I'm not ready to make a decision. And it's like uh-huh. you can't be that way. You can't be well, that way. Well, so just a lesson. I think everybody can not everybody, but a lot of people who say you uh play fantasy sports, right? You could have a losing season to start off, and whether it's football, basketball, baseball, you could make a trade by week five, six, and turn your team around. That's that's you dude, can, That's you me can, right now, dude. Did you? Are you on the upside or the downside of that? Well, so I started one and four. Tough. Um, tough. Yeah, yep. one and four. Um, I had Jokic. I had. Mm-hmm um siakam ingram i had good players and i was like why is my team not playing well right and i was like i can't i don't know how long i can wait but i gotta find like a balance between okay how can i get upside for the end of the season but also win try to win now so i said all right i gotta i gotta something's gotta change so i traded siakam and i got kobe white and i got jared allen in the nice. hope that kobe white can have a good second half as he usually does he kind of sucks in the first half and he <laughs> plays a little better in the second half. Yeah. Um, and then Jared Allen in the hopes that Andre Drummond gets traded and he becomes because he's honestly Andre Drummond should have been traded yesterday. Cause Jared <laughs> Allen is way more efficient. He shoots almost eighty percent from the line. Still grabs um, his boards. 
yeah. grabs his board. He averages almost two blocks a game. Like, I don't understand why they have Andre. Like, Andre Drummond is obviously the better fantasy player because he gets like 15, 20 rebounds a game. Like, it's insane. But for a team perspective, the Cavs should be focusing more on Jared Allen. So I focused on that on my trade. And then I said, recently, I was like, all right, I have Jokic, but I like, like, unlike the Celtics, like, like the Celtics. They have the one star and they have no depth. So I was like, all right, I got to do something and get depth because I, if Jokic gets hurt or if something happens, I am screwed because he's he's the best player in fantasy. So I got to like get my, I got to get more eggs and put them in more baskets. Yep. So I said, all yep, right, yep. let me trade Jokic. And then I got Westbrook and I got Vucevic. Um, so I said, okay, I want to get two guys that can do basically the same thing give me some depth and I feel like more more teams need to be more proactive when they're playing bad to say hey I gotta do something I feel like around here it's not happening yeah again you can make that trade and your team can turn a new leaf and you can start winning and you could even go to the fantasy playoffs or thing like that but but right again you make a move you take the calculated risk yeah a lot of times it can pay off and if it doesn't like at least you could say it doesn't you're in the same spot you were before right and you did something you tried and the fans or you yourself as a fantasy manager can't really get as mad because you're like, I sucked before and I made a trade and I still exactly. suck or I'm doing better. Exactly. That's what the Celtics got to do. You got to take What's, a risk. Yes, exactly. What's the point of being the position if you're in, if it's already bad? So it's, it's already like, bad. We're at yeah. 500. We're at 500. Yeah. We're at 500. Not good. This is why, this is why, Treyas, this is, I knew, I knew something was not right. And this is why I put the Celtics at number MF six because we're playing like a six seed at best yeah everybody was laughing at me and hopefully hopefully i'm wrong that's the thing because i want to be wrong i think but i right had him now, at four so i still am out of the no i had him at three didn't i you had him at three okay so okay. i'll give him some time to turn it around but i still don't think they're a top two and it, like it's not gonna happen no it's stage. not gonna happen no well, again, remember we were the first, we were the one seed, and then I swear to God, Brad Stevens saw that, and he's like, "Yeah, we can't win them all," and then just fucking starts losing. Ridiculous. All right, let's talk about something. Okay, you know what? Enough, enough of this hate, enough of this hatred in our hearts for the Boston fucking Celtics. <laughs> let's talk about the top. And I too, we teased this a couple of weeks ago, but it's finally here: the oh, top yeah. five NBA players of all time. so me and Trace are going to go through and we're going to rank our top five nba players that we believe are top five of all time this is current this is past this is from when the aba and the nba were two different things all the way up till today valentine's day in 2021 Trace, let's you just want to go pick by pick yeah let's go let's start let's start at five Okay, okay. That's a good I like that. Up. Work work our way back up. All right. Yeah. Hit it. I'm going first? All right. So I got magic at five. Hmm. Interesting. 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 I don't necessarily disagree, but I had a hard time with five because I had bird and magic. They're literally like the same for me. And they're both number five. Yeah. And I just went on in the eighties, if you talk about great flash and you talk about also winning but also you know bringing the the nba into a new light and also you're the center of it and you're playing you're six nine playing point guard in the 80s when all the guards are like 
eleven to like six three, like 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 Isaiah Thomas is like in the same category, like Tiny Archibald, Dennis Johnson. These are all like pretty small guards, and you're six nine. Danny Ainge, bro. Yeah, and you're and you're playing and you're averaging uh, what was his career like like eighteen like nine and nine, like what Ben Simmons is now like like he made the modern forward uh, modern, point guard point forward yeah basically point forward yep yep and he won like he was he wasn't like I was taking a backseat to Kareem he was the he was the big gun on the he was team. a man I mean he was the way man. that that man could handle the rock oh my god his passes oh god. those are the flashes. Next to Steve Nash and 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 Chris Paul and like the other like in O Rob too, like in terms of like all time passers, he's up there too. Just the way yeah, he him, even him, Bird, Jason Dead Williams, Stang, him, Jason, Jason Williams, Williams um, uh, Pete Maravich. Oh, Pistol are, Pete. Yeah, these are like the premier passes, and to do that in a, in a time where it felt more about like the ruggedness of the game, like there was just more of that. He, uh, he Detroit, this, like, Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just everywhere. Detroit, Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, like where people the, literally, the you Celtics. would get your shit rocked. Yeah. Even the Celtics, bring, too, you get your shit rocked. To bring yeah. Flash in that era, oh, like it, it, like it, like complements it so well. And he won five championships. You can't. can't oh say well, Magic plays. Magic plays like butter in two uh, K yeah. last year's two K. He was oh, my yeah. favorite card by far. The Magic, the the Galaxy Opal Magic Johnson was. Oh in, man, in, like that was. That was top tier for me. I know he wasn't the best card in the game, but yeah. just like how he – oh, my God. It was so much fun. Yeah. Butter. He glide through. So I, I feel the same way, Shreyas, that you do about Magic, about Bird. Bird was the same kind of like oh, I'm, ball I handling, totally shooting point forward with the mustache and the long, blonde, curly hair. They just – Yeah. The pass, both of them the were polar opposites, awesome. but they were like the same. The interior passing game of Bird to do the little dish offs that he did, the little tap passes, and, yeah, oh the my tap God. passes. Um, he was throwing it down too. People act like Larry Bird was not athletic. This man yeah. threw it down. He'd shoot the three. His mid range was filthy. His faders were filthy. He played a game where he shot most. He had most of his points left handed. Um, <laughs> He had <laughs> he, there's a good story that Kevin McHale talks about that Kevin McHale scored 56. Um, and then uh, he said almost like I think he like took himself out. He's like, ah, oh, no, I'm good. Like, um, and then Larry said, What are you doing? He said, No, nah, I'm, I'm okay. I got 56. I got a career high. I got the Celtics high. And that was just that was uh, the franchise high at the time 56 he's like i think i'm good like and then the layer said if i ever get that hot i'm not stopping oh and nine days later he played the hawks and he got that hot and he didn't stop and he got 60 and that is the current the current record the current record. record yeah so i think i was like i was thinking like the guy's like comp like competitive nature is yeah. just almost unmatched like those two bird magic were made for each other in terms of competition Oh my God! That and that—that that was the beat LA. That was Celtics versus Lakers at its prime. Yeah. I mean, you know, 2008 was cool, but you know that 2008 to 10 kind of span—it was cool. Yeah. But you think about Celtics Lakers, that's that—that's bird—that's bird and magic, baby. So oh, I got to put a time to be alive. If you're as there. much as, like they're again, they're the same for me. But I can't. I love both of them, and just considering who else I have up here, Bird's gonna be my top five. Larry Legend. I'm, I'm all for that. I, I would I would agree with your assessment. 
and I and I agree with you. You know what? This is good. This is the love that we wanted. I because I agree with your strategy because Magic is just as worthy of the five spot <laughs> as anybody else. I I was thinking about putting both of them at four. Mm. Let's go. Okay, let's go. What do you have for number four? I got I got Wilt at four. The stilt. Yeah. Hundred uh, points. This is tough. He you gotta consider the competition, right? Six, eight teams playing. It's like not a Who's the competition? A, yeah, his only competition was Bill Russell. A big field, right. And he only and he only won twice, which it, it kind of puts like Stat hungry uh, player, baby. Yeah, it puts it puts a little too much on the stats, obviously. That, but you gotta give props to someone that can be as dominant as he was, regardless of the field. So, like, if he was like a normal twenty ten player, we wouldn't be talking about him in the same light as a twenty ten player from this era. Like, he's wow. it, like he's got to be a monster in his era to be considered a like a top player in our like for us like talking about him right now right and yeah to have a season where he averaged 50 and 25 to have to have a hundred point game to have sex with uh, ten thousand women (laughs) (laughs) you cannot forget about that stat you cannot forget about that stat that is essential (laughs) also apparently magic was a quite the uh Quite the ladies' man as well. Yeah, yeah. primetime Lakers, like he, he even said in some documentaries, he's like, "Yeah, we'd win games and we'd uh, kind of go, uh, you know, do uh, our thing." Wild, <laughs> wild. Hey, listen, if, again, if you're Magic Johnson, if you're he's one Oof. of a kind. Oh my god, if you're one of a kind, go do your thing, man. <laughs> I'm all for all for it. <laughs> okay, um, but I, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I mean, Wilt was like Dom, a dominant dominant prolific player he could take it down the court right so yeah there's there's a video of him in high school which i don't know how people found but like <laughs> he's grabbing he's grabbing a rebound over everybody and he is like taking the ball down the court and then laying it up on the other end like yep. and i was just like whoa like like you if you're if you're a, a white guy watching in the stands in the 50s at will and you're like that's not fair. Like that's the reason that's not fair because, like, that's insane. Like mm-hmm. in a game where everyone is twisting their hips and putting the ball in front of them, like while they dribble. Doing the pretzel, <laughs> yeah. This guy, this guy no, is no, like, he's dribbling the ball in a circle again. Oh God, it's so weird. <laughs> this guy's hooping, hooping, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he was so, he was Giannis before Giannis. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Okay, I, I gotta get I gotta get props to that. So he's he's your number four. See, Will yeah. made it to my honorable mentions. He Kobe is number number four for me. Okay. If we're talking yeah. about legacy and rings and a dominant, hardworking player who basically went out there every night and did what he wanted, came back from a major injury. Yeah. Uh it's Kobe. Kobe's number four for me. I just Okay. He's got the, for me. It's kind of the same way I feel about Tom Brady. He's got the he's got the hardware. He's got the stats. He's got quite a few records and how hard he worked and his oh, his yeah. his generosity his off the court and his love for the game yeah. as well. Because I you know aside from probably the other people up in the like aside from probably the other people in this list, he's up there in terms of just like pure love dedication and even obsession with basketball and that that puts him in i just 
yeah, for me, he's 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 number four. I just what 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 couldn't Kobe do? Yeah, I mean, he really tried to work on every part of his game, and he got a lot of. I guess towards the end of his career, he got yeah. Towards the end of his career, he got a lot of memes on, and it's just like the internet trolls that are like, "Oh, he never passes the ball, and he doesn't play right, defense." Right, right. When he has seasons where he's averaging four or five assists a game, like I like, I was just like, like this guy actually worked on his craft harder than anyone, and wanted to kind of he wanted to crush you while he did it. Like he didn't want to just work hard and then not. Didn't say anything. He wanted to crush you with his play, like, and yep. that's special. That's special. Um, well, that's. I mean, have, we have the phrase. Ma- yeah, we have the phrase "Mamba mentality" now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that, that comes for a reason. And and when he said, "I one of my," I'll misquote it, but one of my favorite quotes of his is like, "It's like you you know you love something when you love the the tiny minute details and the repetitions that are required to become oh, good at something." Yeah. When he's like, I'm just going there and I'm doing form shots and I'm practicing a jab step and I'm just working on footwork and then just like dribbling the ball stationary. Like that that stuff that you do every day to grind to get better. Right. When you love that, you know that you like love the game and you love something. And that I, I think that applies to anything, right? Yeah. When you go to literally if you're like a uh, if you're like an accountant and you love the crunching the numbers and you love putting everything into your CRM and you love doing all this stuff to like work with your coworkers and you just love like every part of it, then you like, you love your job and you love what you do. And that's awesome. If you're an artist and you love practicing your line work and your brush strokes and, and, and your color theory, and you put all that together and you like finally like work and work and work and then finally build like paint a painting or do whatever, then you love that. And that's just, I don't know, such, such a profound quote to me that, that, just encompasses so much about people and passion and things like that. It's just, it's really cool. Yeah. He made, well, he made, he didn't make it a job. He made it a career from the beginning. It wasn't just like a profession to him. It wasn't just like, Oh, I'm a basketball player. Like it was his his passion. It was was what he worked for. Yeah. It was like, yep. I'm going to be this and I won't stop working at this until I'm the best at it. So, uh, huh. Yeah, I I agree. So that's a, that's a really good four right there. Number three. I have, I have LeBron at three. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I, think it's, I, I don't, I don't not- know if it's that much of a hot take anymore because I just – I can't fathom someone playing at this level for this long and to see no sign of stopping. As much as I hate the – Oh, he's the basketball Tom Brady and like all that stuff. Like, oh, that, like, you know what I mean? Like, like obviously in stat form and championship form, yes, I don't, I hate that argument, but like, you, you gotta give it up to someone that's 38. And, and like, that's one thing is like, okay, when he was winning championships early, it was yeah. like, okay, how long can he do this? And how long can he be the best player on the court? For for him to you know withstand the legacy arguments and he's been the chosen ones ever since he's he's come out of high school or like since he was like a sophomore, so now it's a part of like uh, how wh- like what can he do like when is he gonna stop like it's almost like when people is he are gonna, like yeah people, like, like like he's still producing at an MVP level every year it's kind of like the Michael Jordan theory of like he should be MVP every year. But 
we can't give it to him every year because right it, it just doesn't happen like it's like come on come on lebron other people are doing good too okay exactly exactly and he means he means so much to that team to a team to whatever team he's on right and it's even though he like went to a big three like who who really like bosh and wade took the back seat it wasn't for him to coast like lebron put the team on his back yeah. during those championship years in, in Miami. So I can't say he didn't, like, he had the help, which is good, but now everyone has the help, and now it's just, like, not as taboo but anymore to say that LeBron made that team. And then, Oh, no, it's the, it's, yeah. the LeBron show. it's the LeBron show without a doubt. But, Shreyas, I was shocked and surprised because I have LeBron at number two. Oh. I oh have, okay, okay, okay. I have oh, LeBron wow. at number two, and I feel like our two and three are switched. Okay. So you have you have LeBron at two. Okay, so do you want me to tell you my two out. and see if it's the same yeah, as your three? Yeah, tell, tell me tell me your two. So I got I got Kareem at two. Okay, ours are switched. Ours are oh, switched. Okay. okay, okay. I'm gonna make so the I argument. Feel a little better I'm gonna... now. I thought I thought you were you were you were hoping that LeBron was a little lower on my list. I'm glad no. we're on the same. Yeah, oh okay. no 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 no! Without a doubt, without a doubt, without a doubt, LeBron is within the top five. Hello, yeah. you're you're literally a. a, a a fucking hater if you don't think that yeah. LeBron James is within the top five basketball players of all time. Yeah, it's tons that you three. can watch him do. There's not many players that come along like this that you can watch for this long and be still amazed at what he's doing. Oh, Shreyas, well, let me stop you right there because pff, have you seen Zion Williamson? Uh, he had a career high the other day. <laughs> <laughs> he had a career high 36. He's so dominant. Oh, uh, yeah, but oh my God, just again. Just let yeah. me, let's, let's just no, I, I feel it. I know think about what you just said. Think about Le, what LeBron can do. LeBron is LeBron is dominant. LeBron is a dominant basketball player. And people complain because he'll back down their favorite player and then do a spin move fader or fucking dunk on them. Yeah. Like that, that sucks to watch. Oh my God. Poor Jason Terry. <laughs> He's not dead, but he died that day. He died that day. <laughs> a oh part of him, a part God. of his soul went up in the air. That day. Oh, um, but like LeBron does everything that you want him to do and he does it more and he works harder. I feel like every year, I mean, when a man spends a million dollars on just his body and his physicality, yeah. like yeah. that's that the same thing. It. Why I like Kobe is because of the dedication, but LeBron gets a higher spot. They have the same mentality to me, but LeBron gets a higher spot because like he's done more. I think. I think, I think you can say, I think you can make the argument that he's been the sole focus of championship teams more than Kareem has during his career. And it, and it, and I think, I think that two and three, I think LeBron is on his way to, to, to be that one and two, one and one a of Michael. And like, yeah. like he's going to, he's, if he, if he wins again, like, I don't think he needs to, but like, if he just continues at the level he has, he doesn't even have to win again. If he continues at the no, level he, doesn't he has for another, again. For two or, for one or two two more years, I think at that point you're like he's forty and what, what's the point at this point? Like just you got to knock Kareem down on one one step. I think oh, he'll he'll yeah. yeah I I I'm confident that he'll pass Kareem. Yeah, and he's he's it's gonna be that like it's gotta be, like it was so far away for some people of like Michael and LeBron. Like LeBron will never be Michael. LeBron like, and I think. Only now people are coming around to the fact that like, okay, he's got to play for an like an um, enormous amount of years. Like 
for him to just be like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe he's closer to Michael than we all thought. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like think of if he had a, a right. Michael type career. So 14, 15 years. Um, he won. He won like in his first fourteen years, right? He won three, three or four. Yeah, three. Yeah, he was only won three, right? And he won three. And then in that time, we are all, we were all thinking about the big three that we were at that time, right? Like, say he stopped at that time. Like, obviously, like people are gonna be like, "Yeah, Michael, what are you talking about? LeBron needed D Wade and Boss to win too." Now we're like, you know, like another, <laughs> another. Yeah, almost there's no, there was no past. big three. There was no big three on the Lakers this year. It was LeBron and AD? Yeah, they didn't another, have a third that was that was unbelievably talented and dominant, like they were. They had good players, but that's just like the the Bulls had good players too. Yes, you know, with Steve Kerr, Ron Harper. Uh, you know, it was it was the Michael and Scotty show, but they 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 weren't a big three. Rodman, they need oh, a Rod- oh, they need a Rodman yeah, to okay. in at the end. Like I'm, without Rod- without Rodman, Rodman facing about Rod- Rodman. Me, 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 me. <laughs> I pass it over to Michael. Anyway, <laughs> that's a good. That's uh, a great Robin impression, dude. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, Michael's still to go, if you ask me. Uh, I'm just gonna say it. But uh, LeBron's kind of a run. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, LeBron, dude. When I when I like look when I go on our Twitter and I just like look around and I'm perusing. Yeah. There's so many accounts that hate on LeBron, but it's there, remember when there was so many like people that hated on Kobe. They they hate yeah. them because they're great. Well, you know you know what the like, internet culture has clouded what what these players actually mean to the sport. So like, and what I mean is that for every hater of LeBron there is, there's a a quote unquote Bron sexual online that does everything in their power to make the hater mad rather than actually just talk about lebron in a normal sense and this was the same for kobe like kobe like towards the middle of kobe's career like the internet like with twitter and and all these things like and youtube videos and compilations and things like that like they started to get more prevalent and like people started to be like like you see them it saturates your like just your your mind you would start to believe the narrative yes you start well you start to believe that like there's it's just like it's too much. Like at this point, you're like, oh my god, so many people talking about LeBron. Like, can we talk about someone else? So that makes you like a hater in a sense, right? But like, LeBron's overhyped. All he does is play yes. bully ball. That that narrative, I've heard well, that, that so many times. That yeah. narrative comes from like people seeing LeBron so much in the media because he is the star that he is. Like, and being like, oh my god, dude, can we talk about someone else? Like, and then it's just like, oh, everything is LeBron, LeBron. And that's like yeah. ESPN's fault. That- Yep. The people on Twitter, like just well, but people are yeah, but people talk judgment. about him because there's again, there's nobody like LeBron right now. There's other great phenomenal yes. athletes, but there's nobody like LeBron. And okay. if you think about if we're going to go back to the thing of what they do off the court, LeBron has also done so much. If you look at the I promise school, just for one, the amount of yeah. money that he gives back to his hometowns and people who are in, you know, not good situations, like the the, the amount that he helps and the amount that he cares. And and I'm also excited, just like I was for Kobe, and it's why it fucking hurts so much that he passed, was that I'm excited to see what they do after they graduate mm-hmm. from the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Because they have so much more, and it's a second to life. Offer. Yeah. 
so much more to offer. And, 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 and that's awesome because you're using your, your notoriety and your fame and your platform and the abilities that you've worked hard to, you know, obtain and, and, and the skill that you've built, you're using that to help other people and hate as much as you want, but you can't hate on that. I agree. And just, I guess there's not, there's not much to say about Kareem for me, to be honest, because he holds all these records. He's a phenomenal basketball player. He's also like done so much just throughout his career and then also after his career. And he was, you know, kind of a groundbreaking character in the NBA. There's no denying his greatness, but he just, he's just number, he's number three for me. I, I, I'm getting closer to that point with every game that I watch of LeBron. But as you said, I think, I think Kareem meant so much to the game out at, at a time when they needed, like sports needed activism. Black yeah. athletes needed someone that, like, they need people that they could rely on to to use their platform for good. And that was the Muhammad Ali's of the world. That was the Jim Browns of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Kareem was a part of that that group. The Bill mm-hmm. Russells. Like, these are all people that that America needed at a time that it wasn't it wasn't safe to be a person of color, especially a black man, yeah, and a black yep. person. So I think. That is understood of Kareem. But as a basketball player, I think to be as highly touted he was coming out of UCLA, right? He played the um he played some in some phenomenal teams under uh, under Wooden. And then to come into to a situation in Milwaukee where they were like an expansion team. They really they didn't they weren't there for that long. And to bring them to a championship in two years with an old Oscar Robertson and to play oh my god, dude. Some of the highlights. Oh, with of, the Bucks, yeah. Yep. Yeah, some of these highlights of being like, like being a post presence, like revolutionizing the sport in a sense of like you always have to have these like innovators of the game, and he the was an hook. innovator with how he played. Yeah, yeah, the sky hook. Um, well, he his was, ability I mean, he's to like shoot a... mid range and yeah, you know, he's space a... the floor. Yep. I mean, he's a, he's a very, uh, like, especially for the time, like a very athletic seven plus footer. Yes. And he's moving. I, he doesn't look like he's slow and struggling to move like some other big men. He, he's also somebody who like moves like silk. Like he does his moves. He goes into it, finish right over you. And then boom, he's got a bucket. Yes. You can't even stop it. He's aver- like the, the NBA is coming into its own in the seventies and he's averaging 35 and 17. Um, wow. I Jesus. He's had he's had three four block per game seasons. Um so like being a defensive player, being in the MVP race and then although the end of his career wasn't as like he was it felt like he wasn't as um needed from a scoring aspect, he was still so vital to starting. He started and played most of the games that he, so he started um well okay so they didn't keep the full stats but he played 1500 close to um 1600 games in a career that spanned 20 years yeah so that's a lot like he's playing 82 games he's playing he he didn't get injured a lot even at the end of his career when he wasn't needed as much as you know the magic and the um james worthy and all all these like byron scott these people but he's still playing he's still averaging 22, 23, and, you know, six and seven at the end of his career. 
and it's just the longevity. I gotta reward longevity right now, and okay. that's why LeBron and Kareem are at the top of the list is because they have close to twenty year careers, being productive and winning championships along with it, being vital roles. Yep. So those two are probably gonna flip at some point, but right now, um, okay. So Kareem's, so right now Kareem's you have yeah. Kareem at number two, yeah, and LeBron at number three. Okay, okay, and I got I got them switched. All right, Shreyas, it's time. Number one. Yeah. Who have you got? Um, Michael Oloa Candy. Mm. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Isaiah Thomas, but yeah, that oh, works too. The little guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael, <laughs> Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan. And yeah, Michael Jordan. These are, these, I just want to say, these are our opinions, but Michael Jordan is still solidified for me. It was solidified for me when it just is. But then when I watched The Last Dance, oh my God, that dude is a monster. A monster. Yeah. Michael Jordan, without a doubt, takes the cake and eats it too for the number one spot of greatest basketball player of all time. When you have when you have someone when you have someone that I took the game by storm, right? So he didn't so people the the knock on Michael is that he didn't win for the first seven years of his career. Six or seven years of his career. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um but in that time, he made himself a household name because of how electric his play was his athleticism his, his dog ability mentality yeah yes his ability to take over games something that you started to see at the end of his his college career right he won the national championship with that that famous jumper but yeah. like let's talk about this run of 37 games 37 points per game 35 33 34 32 30 33 tw- and then he took a break he went to the went to the uh, the MLB, and he, he didn't even get to the MLB. He said, "He said I'm gonna take a break, play baseball." They didn't even they didn't even let him go to a major league baseball game. He played in the minor league. He came back and said, oh, "I can do this again." 27, 30, 30, 29, and then he he retired for three years because Phil Jackson wasn't going to be his coach. And then he started to own a team, and they said, "Can you come back and you know bring back the Wizards?" And he said. Sure, 23, 20 at age 39, like 38 and 39. So Unreal. the man chose. 38. Imagine being 38 yeah. years old and dropping 20 points a game. Just on a bad team too. So like everyone knows you're the only good player and they got to they gotta guard you anyway. Even if you have a bad shoulder or whatever, like you're injured I saw, Michael, I saw Michael Jordan dunking at 40, like with a bunch of college kids. Just easy, just went up. And- yeah. <laughs> He had a fifty-point game at age thirty-nine. I think. I think he put. I think they the Wizards played the Hornets, and he had fifty. So it's just oh like my God. So the man just like toyed with the league. He, it was like, it, it was had, Michael Jordan's league. Yeah. Yeah. Someone had the the the. He had a. He was like Gip, uh, Geppetto, and the league was <laughs> Pinocchio. Like he played the game like a fiddle, and it was unbelievable pie, to see. Piper. Yeah, to see the high like you just see highlights of the guy that like, he can get to any spot that he wants. Any he, spot. He any spot. And if you're guarding him, if you're in his face, he's gonna fucking jump over you. Oh man. He's gonna pull a midi, he's gonna pull a fader, he's gonna palm the ball, fake it up, yeah, wrap it underrated. around, lay it up on the other side. His he's ball control is underrated. Yeah. He, he's in the air for seconds. This is the man who dunked from the free throw line. Yeah. Oh my god. And he would do dunks like that in games. Some of his some of his open like fast break dunks and even his contested dunks are unbelievable. I think, and I think one of the most underrated parts of his game was um, his ability to defend. 
Like he's had, oh my he's a career two steal a game player. Two. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's had, he's had. This is his stretch from '84 to '93 before his first retirement, and 2.4, 2 2.1, 3, 3.2, 3, 2.8, 2.7, 2.3, 2.8. So like, wow, he, wow. He, he, like being that athletic and being that young, he's able to, he's able to say, I, I can play on both ends of the court. He had seasons. He had a season. He not only averaged 35 points a game. He averaged one point six blocks a game, so it's just like and he's he averaged, six six. Yeah, he's six six, and he played forty minutes a game that season. So it's like he just loved the game and he wanted to play. Yeah, because again, you talk about a love for basketball. Again, another another man who just loved the game and loved like every part of it, and in in his leadership and two his ability to make other people better. It took him a while. It took him a while. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. And he, well, again, I think it took him to like when he started winning championships because yeah. he was young. He was and young he and he worked through a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah. And he had a chip on his shoulder because he was always, now I don't, I don't want to say he was always like slept on, but he, again, when you hear him talk, he's like, he's like every game I played, like I took everything personally and I wanted to prove that I was the best person out there and I literally don't care. I'll come for yeah. your neck and I feel like everybody doubts me, even though people are hyping him up. He Even was he, was, he was slept on. Like think of like when they lost to the Pistons, and oh, people were like, yeah. "I don't yeah. think Michael can do it." Like it's been four or five years. Like, like where's the benefits that he's reaping? Um, was that in eighty nine? Yeah, uh, like eighty eight, eighty nine, eighty nine, ninety, or yeah, eighty nine. Rocket so, the the Rockets won in eighty nine and ninety, and then ninety one, ninety two, ninety three was the Bulls. And yeah, then right 90, before 90, that, ninety one was the first championship was he played the Lakers and he yep. beat mad he beat a hobbling magic. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, if Magic was healthy. Well, magic's out of series, my top five. Magic's out of my top five. He lost to Michael. Oh. <laughs> if Magic was healthy for that series, it would have been it would have been a different story. Hey, but, listen, um, if if Kendrick Perkins didn't go down in game seven of the two thousand and ten finals, Celtics we would have won, won we would have had two. We would have had two. Would have won I'm another chip. We would have had two. God. This is what happens from a lack of big man depth, people. <laughs> Get with the fucking program. You've seen it before. <laughs> History's gonna fucking repeat itself. It's a cycle. Not a it's joke. A it's a cycle. Everything Mason, the numbers. Everything's a cycle. It all <laughs> it all makes sense now. Oh god. Really? Yeah, well, okay, let's say this. Again, there's there's nothing there's nothing that Michael Jordan couldn't do. He's dominant in every aspect of the game. He is the GOAT. He yeah. he wins. All he does is win. And and his skill, just watch him. Just watch highlights, and and you can watch LeBron highlights too. And it's getting harder and harder to say which one's the goat because I think they're both goats respectively. Mm -hmm. But Michael Jordan is still still the goat. I mean, when I think, and, and there's, I just gotta say, there's valid arguments for both. For and for for who's who's the goat? Who's essentially the greatest for both yeah. LeBron and for Jordan? Yeah. In my opinion, it's Jordan. But again, you can make a case for LeBron. It's just it's just Michael Jordan. There was something otherworldly about how he played the game. Yeah, he he really brought the game into like the you line always line. need that guy that you can pass the torch to. And those guys, if they're able to 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 get the torch passed from them and then keep it for a significant amount of time. Yeah. Like you have to put them up a rank because like so that's the that's the Kareem's. That that's the Russells. The Kareem. The the Jordan. The the Magic's. The Magic. The, Bird, the Jordan. The LeBron. The Kobe. Right. So these yeah. guys are. They're not fumbling the baton when they get it. They're yeah. doing something and they're bringing it to a level that's above where 
it was. And from where the the game was in an eighty in the eighties, where it was a great game, and Magic and Bird brought it to uh, a level that the country could understand what basketball was about. Yeah. To where Jordan made the game international. And that's props to like David Stern and like, you know, the revenue went up, but Jordan and his brand became larger than the game. And that only helped the game. It was like almost a mutualistic relationship between. Oh, Jordan's- well, let's just talk here. Okay. Shreyas, who do you think if we're talking about, let's just, let's say the goat conversation was decided. Uh, like let, let, let's say, let's just break it down. Let's say the goat conversation was decided just by shoes. Who do you uh, think has better shoes historically, Jordan or LeBron? Well, I mean, I mean, Jordan has the the, the bigger portfolio. He's had a longer time. We'll see how. It LeBron... doesn't necessarily mean it's better, but who do you who do you think? Oh, um, see, I'm not. I'm, I, I'd have to ask you that question because you're the bigger you know, sneakerhead. But I, I mean, I just know how iconic some of the styles that the, these Jordans were. Like, um, yeah, we, the ones let me just, and the I'll, threes. Yeah, I'll just I'll like, ask you. I'll, I'll say, would you rather wear of uh, if you're going out? Would you rather wear a pair of Jordan fours or like LeBron Zoom Trainer threes? Would you rather wear a pair of Jordan ones or LeBron seventeens? Oh, I mean jo- Jordan ones. Would you rather wear a pair of Jordan twelve or thirteens or LeBron twelve or thirteens? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not a question at that point. It's I it's guess, Jordan. Yeah. It's Jordan. If we were yeah. deciding to get the bite by, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, just a silhouettes for one, but then like yeah. colorways. I mean, some of the Jordan colorways, and I know he's not like actively making the shoes, but some of the Jordan colorways that come out, I'm just like, oh my god! And then the collabs on top of that, it's just the Elevens. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the Elevens when they come out, I miss them every single year. But when they come out with the holiday drop, I yeah. try my fucking best to get up <laughs> and to be there, and I'm waiting. And if I'm a millisecond too slow, it's gone. I take L after L every single year. And then like, you try to go and buy them on resale, and all of a sudden it's five hundred dollars. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I will not be buying this shoe. The the Space Jam, the Space Jam Elevens uh, are so, it's like it's like they're so in all like essence, it is a very simple looking shoe, but it's how it fits with what you're wearing, right? And those the the Jordans became how like like the the quintessential. I can put this with any outfit and make it look cool. Oh my God! LeBron's are not there yet. You could take a. Uh, I mean, most of my outfits, like if I'm like going quote unquote out somewhere, yeah, I wear a pair of jeans. Depending on the weather, it's either a long sleeve T-shirt or a you know a sweatshirt, and then I'll throw on a pair of like J's, and it makes yeah. you look just you, you. You just look better. You feel better. You feel you look good. You feel good. Oh my God! Yeah, when I walk out, uh, one of my favorite pairs is my Blue Moon Jordan ones. They go with so many outfits. They can go with almost any pair of jeans, and you just mm. and it all starts with the name it's attached to. And I think that's what makes Jordan so special is that his name just ups the the value and the credibility of anything he does because of mm. the work he did on the court. And it's just like mm. people people don't even have to think about that now. They just see Jordans and they're like, oh, but like it took him to get to a certain level of value in the NBA. To then have the brand do well, to then have the brand do well after he's gone, like yep. I mean, after he's retired, right? And so it's like, it's like, it's there's so many steps involved for people to not just be like, oh yeah, like I'll grab a J, like like obviously, like it's, it's crazy. That's like, it's mind blowing to think about when you think about the transition, but that's another that's another story. Well, the certified goat, MJ. 
that was a good that was a that was a fun top five list i'm not gonna lie yeah, we I had fun. if you're looking for i mean some stories if you're looking for some stories do a little bit of do a couple google searches on anybody that we mentioned today magic johnson larry bird kareem abdul jabbar lebron james michael jordan do do any kind of google search and you will find some incredible stuff about this. Oh, don't forget about kobe it kobe <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't sleep on kobe it just it, like incredible incredible stuff Shreyas, do you have a fact, fact of the week? week? It's time for Shreyas's fact of the week. I found out that the person that, or one of the people that uh, invented cotton candy, yep, was a dentist. Traitor! <laughs> <laughs> so his name. Uh, his name was William Morrison, and along uh, alongside a, a confectioner, they invented the machine that spun cotton candy, and then they introduced it in the World's Fair in Chicago. Okay. Then another dentist changed uh, the the machine and reinvented it again, and then called it cotton candy. So it was originally called fairy floss, and then dude, <laughs> yeah. So think of you eating fairy floss, and now you're eating cotton candy, but. It's funny that two dentists created the machines that <laughs> no that caused that have caused thousands of rotten teeth over the yep. years. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know what? You really stress. It was all a fucking conspiracy to increase their business. They're like, "What do I know? I know Yo. teeth. Now, if I can create something that's going to rot the teeth of the children, they'll have to come <laughs> see me. And I'm the only dentist in town, and therefore I'll be able to increase my profit by a million percent." <laughs> it's a dude. The it's all part the of the dentist, all part of the dentist mafia. <laughs> I'm gonna make you an offer that you can't refuse. <laughs> some sugar. Forget about it. All right, we're gonna make it a cotton candy. We're gonna rot their teeth, and then they're gonna have to buy a dentist, and then, then we'll be respected as a profession. He's like crying. He's like a single tear is being shed while he like makes the, the Godfather the- theme plays in the. <laughs> Listen here, Tony. <laughs> I'm gonna give you my golden toothbrush. You'll never get a cavity with this. Oh my god! <laughs> I leave you the key to my practice. Your old man's about to pass. <laughs> hey. Oh, oh god. Yeah. Oh. Well, I thought that was funny. <laughs> that is funny that's a another great fact of the week all right all right well this is good don't you have to sign off oh you're right you've been listening to another episode of amateur hour a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports i'm your host max along with shreyas and we'll see you next time peace